good morning again. And I'd like to welcome everybody out again. Uh, if you're logged into Facebook, we want to welcome you. If you're watching on YouTube later on this afternoon, we, we're happy to have you with us as well. All right, uh, number 51, Lord, I'm Coming Home, is what we'll use uh, as our invitation hymn. If you want to go ahead and mark that in your hymnals this morning, and uh, certainly uh, uh, it's good to be here. Good to have our guest speaker uh, with us this morning, uh, Mr. Josh Felt with Campus Outreach. A lot has changed for Josh since the last time that we had him here. Uh, and it was just about a year ago, actually, I guess, pretty close. Uh, of course, we think about that. He was starting a, a new job uh, for himself and, and uh, on campus, his ministry there. And then January comes and we're in a lockdown. And he also, his, his fiance at the time, we had him here last time, has now turned into his wife. So it's good to have Ian Whitney here with us. And the nice thing about that, they're both working for Campus Outreach, uh, uh, striving to spread the, the word of God. So uh, I don't want to take any more of your thunder or any more of your notoriety. So just help me to welcome uh, Josh Phelps for this morning. Thank you, Rob. Uh, can you all hear me? Is the mic good? It is. Awesome. So, good morning, church. I'm, we're happy to be back with you all. Uh, I know it's been about a year since we've seen you, and so we're excited. I'm excited that me and my wife get to um, come back to London. We really enjoy uh, just a small town feel we have here. And so, I just wanted to give you all kind of about a life update, probably about 20 minutes of that, 15, and then. I really wanted to also share um, just what God's been putting on our heart and our ministry and kind of a theme that we've been going with this semester for students. And so um, just a little life update. So, of course, like Rob said, we got married in the middle of this. Um, me and Whitney were engaged for about a year and got married. Our wedding date was supposed to be in May. COVID happened, and so we got married in April. Um, because we didn't really like engagement and thought marriage would be better together. And so that was fun. Um, we got married April 4th in the, in the exact middle of this pandemic, and it was a blessing. Um, we got a really small wedding um, on our farm, and then come about August, we actually got to have the reception. But it was really, it was really relaxing and enjoyable for both of us because it was really intimate with us and just our families there and being intimate with us and God. And so that was... A really bless, a, a cool blessing we got to see in the middle of having to cancel our big wedding we wanted. Um, but that was, we're thankful for that. And so another thing, like Rob mentioned, I just completed my first year on campus at EKU. And so I'll talk about what Whitney's doing with Campus Outreach in a little bit. But um, my first year on campus was not what I would expect as I was only on there till January, but it was good. Um, I was doing ministry in a fraternity called Lambda Chi and um, a lot of independent students who aren't really affiliated with any Greek organization, any um, club or sport team, but it was good. And so with that, a, a huge blessing I bring is that two students who I personally knew um, came to Christ last year. And so that was amazing. One of them was a young man named... Uh, Yahor, he was from, uh, I think it, it's Ukraine. He's from Ukraine. And so he had actually 
uh, grown up there with an international student here, and he became a Christian early on last semester in about August, September. And so what's exciting is that he's been a Christian for a year. He's joined a local church in Richmond, and now he's getting married. And so uh, me and Whitney get to be in the wedding. And so what a blessing that is to see a man come over to America and hear the gospel and walk with the Lord. And then the other man who became a Christian, his name was Kyle Bloom. Uh, he is in the fraternity that I've been ministering to in Lamakai. And if this tells you anything, when I first... And so Kyle was one of the guys who I first met in this fraternity. Um, he's from Ohio. And I was doing... I got involved in this fraternity because one of our student leaders was in there. And he said, Josh, I want to share the gospel with my fraternity brothers. And so I said, okay, I'll help you. And so we started every Tuesday night or so during last year just going over and hanging out at their fraternity house or getting pizza and taking guys out to ice cream. And so Kyle quickly told Jake, the one the student who I've been doing ministry with, he said, man, Josh is really cool, but he's kind of weird because he talks about Jesus all the time. And so that was, it was fun because over spring break, right before we actually left campus, um, he came on a spring break trip with us and actually became a Christian through that and saw what the Christian community was like. And he said there's something attractive about it that he wanted in on. He wanted to learn more. He had never learned. And so that was amazing just to hear uh, a young man from Ohio and even across the globe who had became a Christian through this. And so overall at EKU we've had, which is a blessing, like 12 people come to know the Lord. And just to think of that and to think that God has had his hand over us this time, it's been very, very um, just we're in awe of that. And so, like I was saying, Whitney is on staff with me now. So this last summer with COVID happening, after we got married, um, she had decided to come on staff with Campus Outreach like I am. And so what the blessing is, she is actually doing a little bit different than what I'm doing. So I'm on the campus full-time evangelizing and meeting college freshmen to seniors, trying to share the gospel with them. Well, she's doing that one day a week with me, but she's also um, an accountant for Camps Outreach. And so what's crazy is we're a $3 billion nonprofit in the Lexington area, and we have five quote-unquote resource officers for the 45 staff we have. And so Whitney's the first accounting major to actually work for us, and so it's a blessing. Um, and so what that entails is she gets to do, uh, she helps all of our supporters with their donations. She sets up for our big events we go to. Um, she also will be creating uh, different flyers for us or helping run our website. And so it's a blessing. It's a blessing getting to work with her. And so she's gotten to work with our resource team that um, their goal in managing this money and managing our businesses to share the gospel. And so it's very much the backbone of our ministry. It's cool. It's, we don't really see that much. Um, and so when she's on campus with me, she's got to do a lot of ministry with another campus staff. And she's been doing that Tuesday nights. And as you can tell, campus is a little bit different this year. You know, we, with COVID going on, we have to wear a mask everywhere on campus, which I have realized that I'm really not good at breathing. And... But it's fun. We have, I've got to meet um, and share the gospel with four or five students this semester. 
It's been fun meeting. We've met a few new freshmen through connections to people. Um, this Tuesday night, I'm starting a freshman Bible study, so I would love prayer for that as I do that. Um, and so it's been a lot of hospitality. One thing that we've seen and that we've been gearing towards in ministry is, um, you know, we, there's a lot of different college ministries at EKU, and they're great ones. There are a lot of great ones. But what we've realized is we want, and our aim is for the non-Christians to come to know the Lord. You know, there are Christians coming to college, and there are great ministries to help equip them and build them up. But we want to be on the campus searching for those non-Christians and calling them to repent and follow the Lord. And so what's been amazing this semester is inviting these people into our home and having hospitality, whether it's cooking them a meal for us uh, or cooking us a meal for them or having a game night or watching basketball and asking about their life. What we've seen is, and this is a blessing, um, a lot of college kids, when you simply ask them, man, how was your day? How, what was your life growing up? And when you get genuinely invested and want to know about their life, um, it brings barriers down that they have and to where they see, wow, this person actually cares. And then through the avenue of them seeing that we care, we're able to share the gospel with them. And so it's been a blessing. Um, and so, yeah, we've done a, a lot of work and a lot of hospitality this semester. And so, like I said, um, I'm doing Lambda Chi ministry, which is a fraternity there. I'm hoping that the two guys I'm doing it with, there's 18 men in the chapter, and we start a Bible study in the coming weeks, and um, we've almost shared the gospel with all the members in it, and we're hoping that we can have a third of the members start to come to the Bible study, what we're excited for. Uh, but we also understand that God's hand has to be there, and He has to move, and so we're excited for that. We're excited for a freshman Bible study that we're going to have. Um, because of COVID, and we can't have big groups, our campus meetings where we normally invite all students and uh, have an icebreaker and it's kind of like a church sermon but geared towards sharing who Jesus is with these students. Uh, we start our first one next week and it's going to be a virtual watch party. And so our aim there is we have about 20 students on our leadership team, you could say, or who are really invested in the ministry and want their friends, their fraternities, their sports teams to know the Lord. And so what we're going to do is we're going to put the campus meeting online and we're going to tell the students, hey, invite these people over to your house. Invite the four or five men or women that you want to know Jesus to your house and then watch it with them and talk to them about it. And so we're going all in on hospitality and we're really, really seeing uh, that it's being good and it's working. And so, um, and then when that, with that being said, it has been a really hectic year for us. And so even this summer with COVID occurring, we had um, a lot to do and a lot to kind of process and so what we've seen and what our um, ministry vision this semester has been has been rooted in our identity and so I want to share with you all um, just some scripture today and talk about kind of what God's been teaching our family at a heart level what he's been teaching me and what camp average we've been seeing lately and so I would love for you all to go to Matthew 3 we're going to spend a little time here. Just Matthew 3, and we're going to look at verses 13 to 17. So I'll give you all a second. So we're going to be at Matthew 3, 13 to 17. And really, we're just going to key in on one verse. But I would love to give you the full 
uh, paragraph for context, but I'll read it to you, but verse 17 is what we're going to hit on. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. All right, so I'd love to pray, and then I'll kind of break down this verse when I've been taught at a heart level. Dear Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the goodness of getting to gather in church. We thank you for your protection, Lord. We thank you that we get to do and continue in life, Lord, with um, this scary virus and everything going on, Father. But Lord, I just pray. I pray that you would speak through me. God, I pray that the gospel will be clear. Lord, I pray your name would just be magnified and glorified, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, and so the reason I picked this passage and something that's been hitting us is, um, like any other job in the summers, when we're not with students, we are, um, you know, quote-unquote, personally developing, which is going through a study or something and really developing on what can we grow in. And so this one is rooted in our identity. And so I'm just going to read a few names to you, and I bet you can tell these people the identity. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson. If I said that name, everyone would think, oh, he's a very famous actor. Um, he's identified as being strong, very big, a funny guy, uh, very popular, we'd say. Or if I said Andy Bashir, he would be identified as Kentucky's governor. Very easy. Or even Michael Jordan. He would have his identity is the greatest basketball player of all time, is what some might say. And so you see, everyone has an identity. Me and you have one. Um, and it's whether it's your job, maybe your life stage, or your hobby, we all have an identity we work through and we have. Um, and we all want one. We all would like the, an identity. We all want to be identified as something. I remember growing up, uh, I wanted to be a football player. So when I was in high school, my identity was being a football player or an architect for a while or a teacher, what I wanted to be. And so many different things I wanted to be, but yet I didn't really know what my identity was. I just know I wanted one. And so in this text, we see this is very early on in Jesus' ministry. Matthew 3 here, um, it's one of the first things we really see. And what's crazy is before he does really any big miracle, any ministry, God gives Jesus his identity. And I think that's really prevalent to us today. And so, like I said, the context of this, I wanted us to focus on verse 17. Because, and I'll read verse 17 again. Um, I think this is really the root of our identity. It says, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. You see, the identity of sonship to God is what Christ based all this ministry out of. So yes, we see baptism in this passage, and we see a lot of different things. We see John the Baptist here. But when we look at it closely, we have a voice of heaven coming down telling Jesus who he is. And so... Matthew 3, before anything, before anything we're seeing, we're seeing the identity of Jesus as the Son of God. And so as we look at this, as we look at what that means to be the Son of God or the daughter of God for us, there's two key points I want us to hit. And that is our broken identity and also our redemptive identity. And so 
I don't have to um, be in a college ministry. I don't have to go far into a conversation with someone, um, student or not, to see and to tell what their identity is or what they want it to be. Um, myself included. I'm very, I give away very easily what I like to be known as or anything. And what's really crazy is we read a book and it, it says that we all have this core lie we believe about ourselves. And so, and that's what we feed most of the time. And so deeper than our identity, we have a core lie that's rooted in that. Okay? Some of us may think that deep down we're evil or unworthy of being loved. We're useless at times. Some of us feel voiceless, um, hurting, or insignificant. And these are these core lies we continual, continually get told to ourselves. And that's in the back of our mind. And these are just a few lies that people want to believe and that I've seen on the campus. Um, myself, I, to be vulnerable with you all, I, my core lie is that I feel unlovable. And so on my worst days, I'll have a time of saying, oh, I'm not worthy of being loved. And so we see that sometimes we'll function out of that. We'll function out of these core lies we believe that affects our identity. But the good news of the gospel and what um, Bob Smart, who wrote the book, uh, Embracing Your Identity in Christ, what he says is we must combat these lies. And so what's crazy here is that when we believe these lies over the gospel, um, when they're identified to us, ironically, we love them. And so the argument is, and I would say, speaking to most of you, I would say if you look into your life, it may be true, is that these core lies that we believe or these condemning thoughts we believe about ourselves that sometimes we don't let people into, we actually enjoy them because it's comfortable for us. It's comfortable for 40 years of our life to think, oh, you know, I'm hurt by something, or oh, I'm unloved, or I'm unworthy. It's hard to tell us, no, Christ forgave me. It's hard to say, oh, I'm a son or daughter of the King. And so we love that comfortability, but hate pushing into the realm of growing. And so Bob Smart put his best. One of the quotes, I've got two quotes for you. One of them that I love is he says, we will never renounce our core condemning lies. And that's what we call them, the core condemning lies about our identity until we see that it is function for us um, and to make us feel about ourselves. It is essential that the Christians see how these strategies only lead to disappointment and to help them get fed up and sick of them together. And so when we see that how we function and we see that our identity um, away from Christ is rooted in something else, and we see that these lies that we tell ourselves, whether I'm unloved, I'm unworthy, oh, I'm a victim at times, whether that may be true, but when we let that tell us who we are instead of who Christ tells us who we are, then we're not growing. And we, and we see that the fruit isn't bearing good fruit. Um, and you see... Because of this, we're in this cycle of being broken in this identity crisis. We've been there for a long time, and we're stuck. And so we don't know what to do. We know we have a condemning thought we struggle with, but if, what do we do about it? How do we grow from it? And so that's what I would say is our redemptive identity. And so the good news, even though we have these lies, even though we struggle, and we're broken people in a broken world, is we have a God who... I love identifying as he's a redeeming God. He's making all things new. And so he's focused on you first before anything else. 
And so Tim Keller, I love him. He's a pastor. And he says this quote um, that I think is, I've seen it be huge in my life. And I think doing ministry and seeing in eastern Kentucky something that we could all remind ourselves. And I'll read it to you. It says, there's a great gulf between the understanding that God accepts us because of our efforts and the understanding that God accepts us because of what Jesus has done. Religion operates on, I obey, therefore I am accepted by God. But the gospel operates on, I am accepted by God through what Jesus has done, therefore I obey. And so when we see that, when we see that we are forgiven and that the gospel is true for us, that no matter what we do, we cannot be separated by Christ because His love for us, then we can run into the identity of God. You see, when Christ died for us on the cross, then we take on, He becomes the propitiation of our sins, and we get His identity. And so, one of the most powerful things ever told to me was in Matthew 3, when the Spirit tells Christ, You are my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. When we are in Christ, God is telling us that. You are my beloved Son or my beloved daughter, who I am well pleased. And so when we see that, when we see that Christ came and lived perfectly for us, He went to Calvary for us and died for us, He becomes our righteousness and we get His. And so that's the beautiful news of the Gospel. It is the good news. And when we work out of that and live out of that, we live free. We don't live in a bondage to guilt or to debt. We don't live in a bondage to religion which says, oh, I must do X, Y, and Z. We live free of knowing Christ seeing what He's done for us, and therefore we obey out of that, out of love. And so our identity now must become a son or daughter of Christ, and all we do flows out of that. And so what I will tell you all, your identity in Jesus is what a Christian works out of. So you're a child of the King. And if you want to see or feel um, how you work out of, call yourself that. Set and call yourself, I'm a child of the King. I'm a son or daughter of the King. And see how that fits. If you feel awkward saying that, maybe it's a good thing. And so we live our lives. We love our neighbors. We tithe, serve, sacrifice. We even repent out of being a child of the King. So that's what I would commission you today. To apply and to look into our lives and to see, one, what is this condemning lie you would say about yourself? What do you struggle with believing? And then, church, I would tell you to preach the gospel to yourself. What, I, what we try to tell every student, what we try to commission us with is to remember what Christ said about you and to, and to let that root your identity in it. You see, God's a very patient God and being a college minister, I can promise you that He's a lot more patient than we ever give Him credit for. But He is a good Father. And so, trust what Christ has done for you and remind yourself the goodness of God. And so let your identity not be something that tears you down or fills you guilty or ashamed, but reminds you of your sonship or daughtership to the King who lovingly went for Calvary to you. So I'll pray, and I'm, uh, I'll be out here with Whitney after, and we'd love to talk to you all. So let me pray. Dear Lord, we do, Lord, just thank you for, God, our identity in you. Lord, we thank you that we are sons or daughters of the King. Lord, God, I pray that, Lord, even myself, I would function out of being your son, Lord, I would not function having to perform and be so good for you, Lord. I would not function out of feeling the guilt or weight of being good enough, Lord. But I would know that I'm not. But you don't call me to be. Christ, you, Lord Christ, we pray to you. We thank you 
that you died for us, Lord. So God, I just pray. I pray that the church here would love being identified as sons and daughters of the King, that that's where they would flow out of and function out of, Lord. God, and I pray they would joyfully, if there is, Lord, identity issue they have, would joyfully repent and follow you in that, Lord. But God, thank you for this day. Thank you that you have given a church, Lord, the vision for your kingdom to go forth. Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. That's a great message, and timely uh, as well. And uh, the truth of the gospel, where is your identity? Is your identity in the old man? Because the scriptures tells us when we put on Christ, we're a new creation in him. Is your identity in him? We're going to sing a hymn of invitation this morning. Number 51, Lord, I'm coming home. And maybe maybe something that Josh has said in Scripture, something in this morning's services has drawn you to accept Christ for the first time here and believe, willing to repent and confess. Confess Christ as your Savior. And uh, with that exception of Christ, baptism, and then live faithful until death. We encourage you to do that. Maybe you decided you needed to reconnect, get back in the right relationship with God. And certainly we ask uh, that uh, if that's the case, that we encourage you to do that as well. We're going to sing, Lord, I'm coming home uh, for a hymn of invitation. Have a decision to make. Would you come as we stand inside? Thank you.